Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Every year at this time, I get allergies, and it turns into a cold, and then I lose my voice. Every year at this time. So, please be praying as we go through our study. I know um, it's not the same, but I'll just... We'll, we'll just kind of go through it, and so uh, it's going to be good, 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 good. Like I mentioned to you, I was uh, in Tucson, but as I was flying out to Tucson, I was looking up different foundations on the plane and, and reading on, the, uh, on my computer, and I found a story that I found very interesting, okay? And the story kind of goes like this, and, and it really has to do, check this out, it has to do with how, how home inspectors... And the realtors or the brokers don't really get along at times. Okay, you got a home inspector and the realtors. Now, here's a story. It was a story about uh, a man who was called out to inspect the foundation of a home that was in the in the contract stages. Okay, somebody had purchased a home and they said, "Okay, we want to buy this, and uh, so we need an inspection." Uh, a man named Joshua buying a home, and, and I think the inspection is tomorrow, and so they would really relate to this. But you guys have done that, okay? And the story goes like this. Uh, the contractors met the, the inspector at home, right? And as soon as he drives up, they run out to him, and they kind of assure him, hey, everything's good. You know, we fixed it. Everything looks good. The, everything is well. And, of course, all you have to do is just go through. All you have to do is go through and just sign off. It's okay. I mean, we, we repaired it. We repaired it. Eight hours later, he writes, he wrote a report that nobody liked. Nobody liked, right? He comes back, he says, man, the foundations were cracked, the the repairs were not done right, and it was a mess. And then he goes on to write this. He said, some three months later, he said, I received a phone call from the client. It started off by apologizing for arguing about my inspection and explained that before I arrived at the job, both brokers told him that I had a bad reputation and generally caused a lot of needless trouble. Then he said he was very sorry for he, for he listened to them instead of me. And then he informed me that his attorney had filed a lawsuit that morning against both brokers. The foundation repair contractor, the engineer, the brokers had told them to call for a good inspection report. Well, naturally, he says, I asked them what happened. He said, everything. He had closed on the home a week after my inspection and that he had an entire interior redone. He painted, he put tile, wallpaper, the works. Within two weeks, he says, the wall started to crack. The roof began to leak. Doors wouldn't open or close. And the plumbing system, guys, was giving him fits. And the one-inch crack in the living room slab had doubled in size and so on and so on. And he said everyone involved in the sale at home was being sued except me. And he thanked me for being so honest and straightforward with him, even though he didn't listen until it was too late. Could you imagine purchasing a home and having to go through this? I've heard it used that you're forever home. This is the home we're going to live in forever. But could you imagine? And you, well, Ben, what does that story have to do with Paul? What does that have to do with the Bible? Well, 
in here, guys, remember that last week, Paul, he built a solid foundation on what? On the resurrection of Jesus. We call it the gospel message. And we likened it to building a home. And the first thing you do, think about this, when you build a home is you have to pour the foundation, okay? Well, you go, how do we pour the foundation? Well, remember, we learned that you have to first clear up the debris, okay? You can't just, you can't just pour concrete over some. You've got to clear up rocks and, and, and shrubs and, and branches and whatever it might be, right? Foreign objects, and then you have to mix the concrete. You need to make sure that you have enough water with enough concrete. And you've got to make sure, right, or else it's too watery. What do you do? Well, no, you have nothing but a pool. And he says, okay, so we talked about that, guys. And then and he says, then we got to pour it into our mold. And then when it dries, as it starts to dry, we finish it. And we make it really nice. Well, this morning, Lord willing, we're going to take a moment and inspect the foundation. For you see... If there are some cracks, or we didn't mix the, the mixture real right, or, or we're going to have some, we're going to have some major problems. Okay, um, if not inspected properly, what could happen? Well, the walls could be crooked. We could have some cracks. We could have what? We could have leaky roofs, and not to mention plumbing problems. You go, Ben. I'm not sure what that means. Okay, let me put it into spiritual terms. If we do a spiritual inventory, we need to inspect the gospel message in our hearts so that we can have a beautifully awesome walk with God. Our foundation, guys, is spiritual. What we think about the gospel, how it penetrates, how it gets in our hearts, how we understand it should transform us from the inside out. If we don't clear the debris, if we don't clear the clutter, if we don't clear the objects of religion, guys, the gospel message will get distorted, and then we'll have some cracks in our foundation. You go, well, what, who, who's the building inspector? Like, who's going to come? Guys, it's the word of God. The word of God will always be the building inspector. As a matter of fact, James says, look, when I look in the mirror, I'm going to see who I am. And, and so, again, this is what it is. So our foundation, what is that? Is spiritual. And the inspector is the word of God. So that's what we're going to do today. And 1 Corinthians, if you don't know, perhaps is probably the greatest chapter in all the Bible about the resurrection of Jesus. You go, why is that important? Guys, listen, the resurrection is the very heart and soul of Christian truth. It's the very cornerstone, if you will, of everything we believe. It has to be the resurrection. Why? It's essential for our lives to transform us. We need to understand that, right? Because a lot of times we feel like Christianity is confirmation. We're conforming, but it's actually transforming. We're changing. It has to be that we should be walking different today than we did last week. Last month, two years ago, we should be a different person. And that's just what the gospel does. Guys, think about the gospel message in its entirety. What would cause Paul, the apostle, to be in jail and know that his, this whole outlook is dim and he starts singing? What would cause that? Because I got to be honest with you, if I was in jail and it was midnight and nobody was getting me out, I don't know if I'd be singing much. I'd probably be complaining. What, what, what's going to transform a man so much that they take him out to the city and they beat him to death and they leave him there to die and he gets up and he goes back to tell people about Jesus? What's it going to take? That's transformation from the inside out. It's something that you and I have. And this is exactly where we need to be. And before, before we jump into our text, guys, let me remind you just real quick about the gospel message. You go, what's that? Remember, 
to you and I as believers, we refer to the gospel, we're referring to good news. Now, I know it's commonplace in Cleo's oh, good news. That's good news, bro. That's good. We got to tell people about the gospel, the gospel. And we'll take that word gospel and we'll use it in all kinds of different ways. Well, it's the gospel and it's the gospel. That's the gospel truth, brother. But it really means good news. It's the good news. Now, listen, that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for our sin, that we might become what? The children of God through faith in Christ alone. Now, a lot of people go, dude, 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 I don't need, I don't need Jesus as my crutch. And I'm saying, no, you don't. You need him as your stretcher. You need him as everything. You need him as the ambulance, the hospital, the doctors. This is what it's all about. And it doesn't make us weak. It makes us actually strong. And again, this is what the good news is. And and and, and last week, remember, we, we learned about a, a pastor by the name of Thomas Watson who once said, check this out. Till sin be bitter, Christ will not be sweet. You go, what does he mean by that? He means until we truly understand that the the problem, he says, we won't savor the solution. And isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Until we fully understand how ugly and awful sin is, we won't savor the Savior. He won't be sweet. He won't be sweet. Let me give you an example. Any coffee drinkers in here? Any coffee drinkers? We love coffee, don't we? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. My coffee, it's not coffee, okay? I just want you to know. It's a lot of cream and sugar, but it's not coffee. Somebody says, do you want some cream, you know, do you want some coffee with your cream and sugar? That's how I like it. I like it sweet. I really like it sweet. Is it, is it just me or there's some real coffee drinkers in here, okay? So here's the point, right? All my life, I would see people dunk a cookie or something into coffee. I never liked that, right? Because I don't want to mix sweet with sweet. And again, here's the thing. Think about this, guys. Think about this. You usually have a good cup of coffee and you dig something sweet. Oh, and it, and it just balances each other's out. But here's what the gospel is. It's until we understand, until we understand how bitter our sin is, we'll never savor how sweet Jesus is. And it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of going, well, you know, my, well, my sin's not that bad, bro. Sin's not, listen, listen. So I lust a little bit. So, I, you know, I get online every now and then and look at, you know, look at stuff. That's not hurting anybody. Hey, man, oh, listen. Or, or, or man, so I cuss. So I cuss and I fight. I mean, all of these things, guys, and we have to understand how sin fractured and wants to fracture our lives, creation, and our marriages and our walks with God, we won't understand how sweet the Savior is. How sweet the Savior is. Guys, for, for news to be good, right, it has to invade a very dark space. That's, that's the gospel. You go, well, give me an illustration. Okay, I hate to keep using this, but it's, it's so prominent. Why? Well, two weeks ago, Nathalie and I went to the doctor, okay? If you don't know, she has been battling breast cancer. God healed her. And so we have to go every six months to make sure that she's still healed. We know she's still healed, but, but we want to make sure. Amen? So to go into the doctor, so, so, so the doctor comes in, and he, oh, how you doing? And he's small, chit-chat, you know, we're all nervous always, and chit-chatting. He's like, oh, no, you're fine. Everything's good. Blood looks good. There's no markers about it. We did a scan. And we, ah. Oh. But that's good news. But in order for it to be good news, guess where it had to? It had to invade a dark space, and that dark space was cancer land. You understand that, okay? If we weren't battling cancer, and doctor comes in and goes, you're fine, we'd be like, thanks, we're out of here. 
But, he, but there was a dark, dark place called cancer land that we walked through. And so when he comes in, that's good news. That's really good news. And so that's exactly what he says. So what does Paul do? He says, let me tell you the gospel. Now, why are you harping on the gospel? Guys, because it's so important that you understand this and, and, and you grasp it, okay? So Paul gives us the gospel in verses 3 and 4. He says, for I deliver to you that which I received. What is that, Paul? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and then he arose again the third day according to the scriptures. Why do we take something so, so simple and make it so complex? Well, listen, you need Jesus, and so you're going to have to do, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to cut your hair, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And we make it, and Jesus said, no, here's the gospel, you ready? Here it is. He said, and I, I got the message from God, I got, right? And guess what? Here's the message, Christ, fully God, fully man, he bankrupted heaven, he left his heavenly abode to come to earth to die on the cross for our sins. No, he was sinless. And he died, and he was buried, and he laid in the tomb for three days. Everybody say three days. On the, Thursday, he, on the third day, he resurrected, meaning Jesus is alive. Okay? He came walking out of tomb. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? And then the Bible says, man, that, that he appeared to he, Cephas and, and then 12 and then 500 at once. And it was crazy, crazy. I don't know if you realize that, but one of the gospels tells us that, that when Jesus resurrected, that other people resurrected too, that there were tombs that were opening up. That would freak me out. Can you imagine? You were mourning somebody who died a week or two ago. You're just like, oh, we just buried, oh, we just buried my mother. Oh, bless her heart. She was such a godly woman. And then Jesus resurrects and your mom comes walking out. Hey, what's up? You know, you'd be like, wouldn't that freak us out? But, but that's how powerful the resurrection is. Okay. And so he says, so he says, okay, so, but there's something interesting in the passage. You go, what's that? He, he. Guys, think about what it says. He, he ascended for, th- he was in the grave for three days. What was, listen, if he was going to resurrect, it would have been like, okay, he died. Everybody knows he died. Okay, now, but three days. What did he do in the three days? What did he do? Well, we know that the Bible says that he descended into what we call Abraham's bosom. Okay, Abraham's bosom is basically two compartments. Some people refer it to hell. You're going to hell, and it's two compartments. You'll hear the word Hades, and one part of Abraham's bosom is where the rich man and, and all the saints that it believed had gone. There was Abraham was there, Moses was there. I mean, and then the other compartment of Hades, guys, is where the unbelievers went, people who didn't believe in God, people who rejected God. Um, the rich man was there. We know that, according to Luke, he's like, hey, Father Abraham, hey, Father, hey, listen, I'm, I'm tormented in these lands, send Lazarus, just to, just, I just need a, a drop. So we see that Jesus told the story. You go, well, what's happening now? Well, when Jesus died, guys, he descended into Abraham's bosom, okay? He led captivity captive. He said, hey, guys, I'm the one that you believed in. Y'all ready to go? And he took and he emptied out what we call Abraham's bosom. He took him to heaven. Now, the other part, the unbelievers, they're still waiting. They're still waiting. And I have no idea what it looks like or how it is, but, but I couldn't imagine going to such an awful place. We know that from the, the, the account in Luke that, guys, it's an awful place, that it's a tormented in flames where, where I, mean, I, mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it's just horrible. 
And I think, guys, I think pastors and I think preachers and TV evangelists and whoever you want to call it have gotten away from the reality that there are people who die un, not believing in Jesus. They're dying in their sins and going to hell. We forget that. We have to tell people, no, 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 no. Listen, you need to put your faith in Jesus. That's our job. And that's what Jesus did, man. He said, hey, are you ready to get out of here? I am the one. I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. You ready to go? And he was like, yeah. And they went to heaven. And when you and I die right now, guys, we don't go to Abraham's bosom anymore. We go to heaven, if, if you will. And we, and we meet up with the Jesus there. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so last week, guys, we got to finish up. Last week we finished... Uh, Jesus, right? What did he do? He made he made an appearance, right? That's that's what he did. And uh, Paul says, "Well, yeah, he 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 met he he appeared to all these and the five hundred, but he also he appeared to me. I was one born out of due time, and I was on my way to persecute the church, and I was on my way to Damascus. And if you go to Israel with us, you can actually kind of see the Damascus Road going up. It's pretty cool. And I, and we don't know where where the Lord spoke to Paul, but boom, that's what it is. And Paul says, "Okay, I'm saved. I'm saved. I understand the gospel." Well, this morning, guys, before we can begin putting up walls and windows and sheetrock and a roof, um, we have to inspect the foundation, okay? Our, our foundation, our concrete has been drying for a week, if you will. And Paul will address the church and remind them to inspect what they really believe. Why is that important? Guys, you need to inspect what you really believe because that's how we behave. We really behave what we believe, and if we believe that Jesus Christ was born, right, he came from heaven, he died on the cross, he, was, he died for our sins, he was buried, and he was resurrected, guys, we're going to live that way, and that's going to be all the difference in the world, okay? Remember, guys, it is essential for salvation, but let me say this, it's also essential for abundant life. It's also essential. That's what we need to know. So our foundation, well, it has to be firm. It has to be secure or else we'll have problems in the future. Think about this, okay? Well, just, just put on your thinking caps for a moment. If you're taking note, notice what Paul writes to the Ephesian church. In chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, jot this down. Paul says this. He says, Till we all come to the unity in faith in the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Here's what he says. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men and cunning and craftiness or deceitful plotting. You go, Ben, what's he saying? He's saying, listen, you're going to have, if, if your foundation is cracked, if it's not drying, if you're going to have, listen, if it's a little bit off, okay, you haven't inspected it, here's what he says. The problem is, he says, man, you're going to be tossed to and fro in your walk with God. You're going to be going to this doctor. No, 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 I believe this. Oh, no, 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 I don't believe this. Oh, no, no, I believe this. And he says, you're tossed, and he says, then you're going to have a crack in your foundation. And you're going to be carried away. You go, what does that mean? Guys, let me just put it in a simple term. You're going to have cracked walls. You're going to have windows. You're going to have leaky roofs. I mean, doors aren't going to shut. This is what your life is going to look like. And you and I know believers, guys. We know believers whose walks are like high, 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 and then low, 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 and then high, 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 and low, 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 and high, high, high. And they feel like their spiritual life is a roller coaster because they hadn't checked their foundation. They hadn't come in and inspected and go, oh, we need to make sure that everything is level, everything is good. And that's what the gospel does. Paul says, okay, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. 
Okay? And so that's where we left it off last week. And so this week, guys, remember, we're picking it up in verse 12, and we're going to inspect our foundation. Okay, now let me just say this. Next week, we start building walls, okay? We, we've got two by fours coming. We've got, we're ready to go. But we cannot proceed until you have this. Listen, we're not going to rush it. We're not going to be like, hey, let's put up the walls. Hurry up, man. We, got, we only got 45 days. Listen, we're not doing any HGTV specials, right? House in 25 days, right? That's not, that's not going to happen. We need to inspect the foundation, okay? You go, how so? Look at verse 12 with me. He says, now, if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? That's a good question, Paul. He said, man, I came in here for a year and a half. I preached the gospel. I told you. I said, Jesus Christ. When he, listen, check it out. He, he raised from, he was rose from, that's amazing. He says, but I got a question. How come, how come some of you are saying that there isn't a resurrection. How come some of you? So Paul asks how believers could not believe in the resurrection. Both the resurrection of Jesus, and he's going to say even our own resurrection. How, how can you say that, right? How can we do this? Well, okay, I, 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 we've got to do some work, okay? Because I never want to just go, well, that's the mindset. That's who they are. Ugh. No, 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 no. Think about this, okay? Who's Paul writing to? Very, very important, okay? So it's the mindset. You go, what's that? Um, what we've learned so far is that some of, the, some of the Corinthian Christians, they questioned the resurrection. They just didn't believe, right? And there are doubts. Their doubts arose from two sources. Very important to understand, okay? You go, what's that? Okay, so first and foremost, remember when Paul comes into Corinth, he goes straight into where? The synagogue, right? He told them about Jesus. And they're like, nah, we don't believe you, dude. We're, we're, we're religious, man. We're, we're going to stick to the synagogue. We're going to stick to the Old Testament. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, but that's Jesus. You're crazy. And Paul says, hey, um, well, I'm going to go to the Gentiles then, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to shake, I'm going to shake my dust, dust off. I'm going to go to the Gentiles. Okay. But think about who he's talking about. There were some who probably believed, but the problem is, is they were probably brought up, guys, in a Jewish home with Judaism. And what would happen is that they were divided regarding the resurrection. Okay. They may have been brought up with, with a strong influential, uh, overtone of the Sadducees. Remember the Sadducees in Jesus' day? They didn't believe in the resurrection. Okay, they were always walking around very sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so think about that. If you were if you were part of that, if that's how your culture was, if that's how your influence was, well, now you're grown up, you get saved and you go. I don't I'm not sure if I believe this because grandpa was part of the Jewish Sanhedrin and he was part of the Sadducees and and grandpa said there wasn't. And you know what? I really trusted grandpa. So I, I don't know. That's the mindset. But you also have Greeks in there. The second mindset, you also have Greeks, guys. We talked about this last week. And their background of, of the Gentile converts was they didn't really believe in the resurrection of that, at least a bodily resurrection. And you go, why? Do you guys remember? Here's what they believed. They believed that, um, that they, they believed in the immortality of the soul, but they didn't believe in the resurrection of dead. To them, the body was a source of man's weakness and sin. And so they said, oh, no, 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 we're ready for death because we want to be set free from weakness and sin. And so if you're telling me the body's going to resurrect again, well, then does that mean they're going to be saying, oh, no, we don't want to do that. So that's the mindset. Okay? So you've got two different mindsets as Paul is writing. 
Two different mindsets. And let me just point this out to you. Oftentimes we think that those, you know, that Christians need to check your brain in at the door. You just come in and you just believe everything. Hook like, guys, these like you were very intelligent people who thought through stuff. They didn't just come in and go, hey, heard Paul was here. Amen. What did he say? I don't know, but I just believe him. No, they thought through. They're like, wait a minute. This is, this is contrary to what I was brought up. I gotta, I gotta work through this. I got to understand that. Why? Because that's where growth comes from, guys. And so understand, this is who he's writing to. And so Paul comes in and he assures them, what? That Christ did resurrect and that that's what was preached. Now, here's the problem. You go, what's that? I want you to notice with me, it's time to inspect the foundation due to the fact that we don't do that we're in for a big surprise. You know what that is? No faith. No faith. How so? Well, look at verse uh, 13. He says, Paul writes, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. Gosh, do you see that? Paul's like, listen, listen. We came preaching the resurrection, but you don't believe that. I understand your mindset, but let me just kind of, let me just lay it out there. He says, um, if this is what you really believe, if this is what you really believe that Christ wasn't dead, he says, and that nobody raises from the dead, he says, then we really have nothing to preach. And he says, and, and you don't have any faith. He says, you just, what do you mean? Well, see, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, he's going to go on to say, you guys are the biggest bunch of fools for coming to church. Because we could be out on the golf courses. We could be out fishing. We could be out working on our houses. We could be doing all kinds of stuff because our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. Do you guys understand the power of the resurrection? Now, Easter is just a few weeks away, and we celebrate Easter, but it's so impactful. Why? If you get nothing out of this message, get this. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you, and you have that power to have a victorious walk, to have a great marriage, to have a, a, an abundant life. And when I say abundant, I don't mean... I don't mean financial prosperity. I mean, just the life that God wants you to live, the life of peace and a life of joy. Okay. That's that same power. And again, guys, that's what he's saying. He's saying, look at verse 15. He says, yes. And even more so, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. What, risen. What's Paul doing? He wants to make sure that your foundation is secure because people are going, well, you see, I've got a little watery foundation. I've got a little bit of, uh, uh, it hasn't dried yet. It's because of the resurrection. He goes, no, 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 let me go back and make sure. Because if you start putting walls up and your foundation isn't dry, if it's not right, if you have debris, if you have, you're going to have problems you're going to have problems. And the enemy is banking on the fact that you're going to have those problems. 
And what he'll do is he'll come in and want to distort that message. He'll want to distort that message so that you get tripped up, so you don't have the full knowledge of the gospel. And then we start getting into legalism and we start getting into all kinds of stuff. Listen, yes, and we are found false witnesses. What does Paul say? He says, guys, listen, listen. He says, if that's the truth, he says, then we're lying. He says, why? He says, because we testified of God. That word testified of God means that we spoke for God. We spoke for God. We, we, we spoke the things concerning God, and this is what freaks me out. You realize that, that my job as a pastor is to speak for God. This should never be a place of take, taken lightly. This should be a place of, 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 oh my goodness, and I've got to be honest with you, there have been times in the last 16 years that I've walked up here and I was not anointed by the Lord and I did it in my own flesh and it was horrible and I walked down going, what did I say? Lord, forgive me. So if you know, and then there's times when you come up and you know the Holy Spirit is upon you and you're going, God, this is so good that you want to buy the tape. Well, we don't have tapes anymore, but you used to. Man, that was so good. I'm going to listen to it on podcast. That was so good. The other night when I was preaching there at Calvary Chapel in Albuquerque at Southwest, man, the Lord, it was just so, it was flowing so cool. I was just so excited. I'm like, man, this is really good. I can't believe I'm preaching it. It was so cool. But, but this is what he says. He says, listen, listen, I'm talking for God. And here's the story. Ready? He says, listen, God raised Jesus from the dead. It's the resurrection. I was sitting out in the cafe with Brother Joe before church, and, and he doesn't know what I'm thinking. We're just having a conversation. But you know what it made me realize? Listen, I've got to stand and give an account for Brother Joe. I need to tell him the truth. Not, not I mean, in, from the word of God. You understand that. I'm going to tell him that Jesus, God, well, I don't like your preaching, Ben, but I've got to tell you the truth. I've got to tell you, because that should be our heart. Our heart should be to tell the truth and speak in love and say, man, no, listen, listen. Well, pastor, look at your church. It's empty or look at this or look at that. Listen, the bottom line is we're teaching the Bible and we're going to teach the word of God and God's going to bring us as a family. But anybody who occupies this space, guys, speaks for Jesus and they need to tell them the truth. I know it sounds commonplace. I know it sounds cliche, but I'd rather preach the word of God verse by verse to 15 people than to have 5,000 people and, and tell stories. That's, that's really how important this is because Paul says, here's the story. Guys, listen to me. Jesus Christ died and he rose from the dead. And he goes, and now listen, if, if he did not rise... He says, and Christ is still dead, and the gospel's a lie. And the gospel's a lie. And if what you believe, if you really believe this to be true, he says, then your foundation is wet. Your foundation is, is sandy, guys. It's shaky. It's moving. It's soft. It's soft. And then Paul goes on. He says, man, we got to inspect it again. He says, you go, what's the result of this type of belief system? He says in verse 17, and if Christ is not risen... Guys, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Think about this, guys. This is devastating to Christianity. 
Why? In other words, denying the resurrection denies Christ's redemptive work in individuals and even creation. We've got to be so careful, guys, because we say Jesus died for you. Yes, he did. But that's not where he stayed, okay? He was also buried and he resurrected. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. Make sure we get it all together. Hey, Brother Joe, Jesus died for you. Amen. But what does that mean to him? No, no, no. He died and he resurrected and he came to give you abundant life. And you're like, wow, wow. That's what it's all about. Why is it important? We got expe- to inspect what we believe to make sure we have a solid foundation. Why? Everybody say why. Because religion poses as a foundation, but in the end, it's shaky and soft. What's that? Religion often poses itself as a foundation, but it's not. It's not. Religion is um, what I have to do. Religion is how I look. Religion is my works. Religion is me trying to please God and reach up to God, and that's the whole point, guys. I can't. But Christianity is God reaching down and said, listen, I know you can't. And that's why I sent my son, Jesus. When the devil comes to you and says, man, you're a bunch of losers. You know what I say? Amen. You messed up. I know. That's why Jesus died. When, when the enemy comes and says and tries to remind you of your past, you know, well, remember what you did back in 1988? Remember when you did? Remember when you were this? Remember when you're that? You go, man, listen, I own that. I get it. That was me. Well, you know what, Ben? You've done more you've done more bad things as a Christian than you were as an unbeliever, and you go, Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you died. So I can be reconciled. That was the whole point of Jesus dying. I don't know where we got somewhere in Christianity that, well, Jesus died, but but now you're good. Now you have to be good. And 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 you know, you got Brother Joe, you got some redeeming qualities in you. No, we don't. We're sinners saved by grace. And the life we live, right? Well, how do we live? The Christ lives in us. That's your life. And uh, so be careful with religion. It's a relationship, guys, a relationship with Jesus that brings a solid foundation. And so what Paul does is he gives us a couple more points, guys, a couple more points to ponder about inspecting our foundation. Verse 18, it said, Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. What's he saying? Well, here's what you need to understand. First and foremost, when he says fallen asleep, guys, that doesn't mean he took a nap. Okay? It's a metaphor used to what those have died. Make sure you get that. Okay? Because if you don't, then your foundation will be cracked. There'll be, there'll be a big solid rock in the middle of your house when you try to build that. Why? Because you go, well, people don't really, what? Well, they don't really die. They just fall asleep. They just fall asleep. And there's a, there's, a, there's a religion out there that talks about soul sleep and that they really haven't died. They're just, and, and so it's, yeah. So Paul says, <clears throat> then those, also those who have, everybody, this die, they've died, Okay. Even though they believed in Christ, he says they perished. If, all, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, he says, then we are all men most, what, pitiable. 
When you die believing, following after Jesus, you have died in Christ. That's what you want to do. What Paul is trying to convey is people who have died believing in Jesus, he says, if, they, if, if you don't believe in what? In the resurrection, then what's happening is they're really lost for eternity. Could you imagine? And he says, and if our hope in Christ was only for this life, the here and now, he says, man, we're supposed, we're more, more, we need to be more pitied than anyone. He says, we're, we're a bunch of fools, man. We're a bunch of fools. What's Paul referring to? He's going, look, look, you don't understand. I preach the gospel. I want to see you guys saved. I want to see you walking victoriously. I love you. And people get mad at me, and they take me out, and they beat me, and they, and they, and they stone me. And, and listen, I love you so much that I get up bloody, cake bruised, and I say, hey, I've got to go tell you more about Jesus. He says, if you don't believe in the resurrection, here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, this is to all my friends who endured great suffering for the sake of the gospel. He says, why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? 1 Corinthians 15.30. He says, why are we doing it? Why, why are you doing that, guys? They're, they're, going, to be, they're going to be attacks. Okay? There's, you're, you're, you're never going to have a good hair day with the devil. He's never going to look at you and say, oh, let me give you a break. Let me give you a break. Time. Listen, as time goes on and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back, guys, the, the, the better our foundation has to be. We have to make sure that we've got men upon the solid rock I stand. Everything else is sinking sand, right? We've got to have that because, guys, when the enemy comes... Here's what we got to do. We've got to join arms together. And we've got to, we're going to, we're going to, listen, we're going to walk through some hard times with each other. We're going to walk with some really tough times. And we have to give them the hope in Jesus. There's nothing, he says, listen, if you've got nothing else, man, what are you, you going to hope in? That tomorrow's going to be a better day? What are you going to hope in? Because you never know when your boss calls you in and says, hey, man, listen. I know you've been with us 35 years, but uh, you're fired. No pension. Nothing. What are you going to do, guys? What are you going to do when your 18-year-old wigs out? What are you going to do when you have a prodigal? You go, well, guys, I know. That happened to us. We have to have the solid rock. Guys, we, we have to go through this together. We have to go through this together. And so he says, man, it's the gospel. Check your foundation. You go, well, what's our foundation? Well, let's close. Let's close our Bible study, guys. He says this, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. Okay, so Paul's not making this up. It's coming from the word of God. What is it that Jesus Christ died for our sins? And what? And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. 
What's he wanting us to do, guys? He says, okay, so I've told you that last week. We're inspected the foundation for what we should do today. So he goes, okay, so next week we're, we're going to put up some walls, okay? But Ben, my foundation is solid. It is solid, man. It is smooth. It is level. I'm ready to go. Why? Because once we build our gospel house, once we get walls, once we get windows, once we get a roof, once we're living in it, we know that there's going to be some storms, aren't there, isn't there? The rain's going to come, and there's going to be some winds, and, and uh, I want my house to stand. I want my house to stand. Make sure what you believe is solid through the Word of God. Make sure what you believe is solid. Eternity depends on it. Paul's taking a whole chapter to make sure that that's deep in our heart. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word, God. We thank you, God. Help us, God, today to um, just inspect where we're at, how we've been brought up, how we understood the gospel. Help us to confess our sins if we need to confess our sins, Lord. God, thank you for Manuel and Delilah, Lord, that, that today just, um, Lord, their, their dedication, Lord, of their babies, God, to you shows the gospel, Lord. That's what they believe. They're here. I thank you for them, Lord. And I pray, God, you would do an incredible work, God, in our lives and in this church, God. We truly believe that. We love you. It's in the beautiful name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.